Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. Hey guys, welcome back to Storytime Podcast. I am your host, Haley Lira. And today I have a story that just literally blew my fucking mind. I personally think that it was a hard crime to commit and get away with. And I cannot believe these people actually got away with it. Before I get started, I just want to thank you so much for joining Storytime Podcast. This is something that I love to do. It's a good hobby of mine. And do not forget about Storytime Slayer on Facebook and Story underscore Time underscore Slayer on Instagram. This is where I post all the pictures, videos, and miscellaneous information and tidbits to go along with these case studies. Without further ado, let's get started. So this is about an Irish man named Colin, they live in Northern Ireland, and his mistress Hazel. The two had such a passionate affair that to be together, they decided, let's kill our spouses. Not only did they kill their spouses, but they actually made it look like a double suicide and got away with it for over a decade. Leslie Clark was Colin Howell's first wife. Her and Colin were devoted Christian Baptists that met at church camp in 1980. They both were attending college at the time. Both had been raised in a Baptist home and took the vow of celibacy very seriously until they seriously knew that they were going to marry each other. Then they went wild. Like most kids who grow up believing solely in celibacy, they didn't have a lot of practice or knowledge on birth control, and the couple would have three abortions before they walked down the aisle to get married. However, despite already been having sex and agreeing to terminate three pregnancies, both kind of had cold feet before their wedding and weren't sure if they really wanted to get married. It's indicated on several times that maybe Colin was a bit more fond of Leslie than she was of him. But by August of 1982, remember they met in 1980, her feelings for Colin began to grow stronger. And by November of 82, she thought he was a bee's knees. So she agreed to marry him, and they got married in July of 1983. Colin had originally wanted to go to medical school, but he didn't harness the GPA, so instead he chose to do dentistry. Leslie was a nurse, and she's said to be an excellent one by her peers. In fact, no one really ever had anything bad to say about Leslie. She was extremely kind, bubbly, and beautiful. After the wedding, the couple moved to the north coast of Ireland, where Colin had a job lined up as a dentist. Of course, they wasted no time finding a church home that they became very active in. They joined the Coleraine Baptist Church, and it is said to be one of the oldest Baptist churches in Ireland, actually. But this isn't a family that just shows up for Sunday service. Like, they both are volunteers and have different things that they do at the church. Um, Very active, involved. Most of their friends they've met at church. Uh, This is like their circle of people. Something important to mention about Colin, I think, is that he developed this fascination, borderline obsession with pornography. It started at 19 when he bought his first magazine, and it just kind of took off from there and followed him into adulthood which will kind of explain some of the problems he begins to develop later. We'll get to that. He is said to have spent hours at a time compulsively looking at porn and jacking off when he became like a middle-aged adult, particularly in his office at work. 
Anyway, everything is great at first between Leslie and Colin. They had their first child, Matthew. He was born October 1984. And that's when Leslie hung up her nursing hat and decided that she was going to stay home and take care of her baby. They had a church home and everything looked to be on the up and up. But Leslie started to get kind of bored and depressed being tied to domestic work all the time. I'm under the impression that she maybe suffered from postpartum depression after having children and was just bored and felt unfulfilled. (laughs) That's really hard. So something that Colin really didn't like about Leslie after they got married was the fact that she was not Susie Homemaker. She was not good at domestic chores. She didn't stick to a budget and she had no qualms about leaving the babies with um, her husband and going off for alone time. She loved to shop, loved to shop. Leslie and Colin had a second child, November of 1984, a little girl named Lauren. And this was a hard and stressful time in Leslie's life because Leslie's mom actually had suddenly gotten severe health issues and had to be put in a nursing home where she died only 10 weeks before the baby was born. So I think it was a lot for Leslie to take in and deal with. And it said that tensions grew extremely high between Leslie and Colin from this point forward. The big change was in 1988, and that's when Colin purchased a building to renovate into a dental practice. He spared no expense. He wanted this to be state-of-the-art, top-of-the-line, fabulous, which is always a risky decision when you start a business to go big or go home because you got to make money, right? So if you put all your money into it, it's... First, you got to pay off all that shit before you really get any real profit. Next, Leslie and Colin had another child. They had a boy named Daniel. And around the time that she had baby Daniel, she actually found out that Colin had been cheating on her with an old flame from his college days. And this totally devastated Leslie. Like, she was heartbroken. I think emotionally, Leslie was already in a really dark place, and this just fueled that. So Colin contemplated divorce, but the stigmatism surrounding it pushed that thought right out of his mind. Like, what would people think? They definitely wouldn't think, no, Colin, don't get a divorce. Just cheat on your wife. On top of the dental practice, Colin also bought a larger family home in November of 1989. And to be honest, they could not afford this house. In fact, they had to move in with no carpet, no fixtures, fittings, or decorations. It was in Knocklade Park, and it cost $85,000. They were for sure in financial trouble. The new practice was just eating all the money it had coming in. There was constantly a need for like new equipment. Colin had to hire a second dentist just to keep up with the work. They ultimately went into debt and were literally living on overdraft every single month. So they're living in an unfinished house. There's no money. They have three small children. Leslie is not a good housekeeper and is having an extremely difficult time especially following Colin's infidelity. So Colin starts taking on a significant portion of the domestic duties because frankly, Leslie's just, she's just not capable right now. Something else that we need to mention is like, when I say they're in bad financial stress, like they're literally getting calls from the bank managers all the time and having to go to meetings with them. Leslie cannot quit spending money, though. Like, through the entirety of their marriage, Leslie was said to have been a money spender, even when they were in their, like, lowest lows with debt. 
as if all of this isn't enough, right after they move into their new home before Christmas of 1989, Leslie found out she was pregnant again. Again. So that would be baby number four. So Colin didn't really feel guilty about his affair the first time. And he actually decided in the spring of 1990 that he was going to have another affair. But this affair would have a much greater effect on Colin. Her name was Hazel Buchanan. And she worked as an assistant at Laura's Nursery. She was the wife of a police officer named Trevor. And he actually worked the night shift conveniently. Trevor and Hazel attended the same church as Colin and his wife, and that is how they met. The affair got pretty serious in comparison to other affairs that I've mentioned on the podcast. This wasn't just a little fling. Um, Colin was crazy about her. He would take serious risks to spend time with her. Sometimes he'd even sneak into her house while Trevor was home and embrace her in the laundry room. Oh my God, I can't imagine. I cannot imagine sneaking somebody into my house and having sex with them or whatever while Matt was asleep. Give me a break. When later asked why Hazel even entertained the affair, she said she just started truly finding herself when she started her job at the nursery and met Colin. Um, I think she just felt invigorated. The affair was beyond emotional. In fact, Hazel actually got pregnant by Colin and they didn't tell anybody. They actually went on a 48-hour getaway so they could get Hazel an abortion without either of their spouses finding out and they never did. They never did. Let's go to Trevor and Hazel's relationship. They met at the end of 1979 or beginning of 1980. Hazel was Trevor's first serious girlfriend. They actually got married July 11th, 1981 at Hazel's Baptist Church. They had their first child, Lisa, in 1982. And 18 months later, she gave birth to a son named Andrew. 18 months is a great amount of time to space out between each kid. So Hazel is said to be a really good influence on Trevor. She got him to cut down his drinking, quit smoking, and plugged him into a Baptist church with her. Some say that Trevor took his commitment to God very seriously, and others say he took the commitment as a means to please his wife and stay out of the doghouse. Either way, he kept the home and yard very neat and tidy, and Everyone said that he was completely unquestionable, that he absolutely adored his wife and children. He was totally smitten, and some would say so much so that she ruled Trevor. You know what? Trevor sounds perfect. So Leslie could sense something was going on with Colin, something besides stress and money problems. And her suspicions grew because she found a handful of change in Colin's jogging plants. These were actually used to call Hazel from payphones when he went jogging. He would like go jogging, give her a call, and then run over to her house. Crazy. And so Leslie, when she found the coin in his pocket, she was like, dude, nobody jogs with a handful of change all the time. Plus, she would hear him on the phone in hushed tones. And remember, this is like before cell phones. Phones are actually attached to the wall. And Leslie was extremely disturbed by this realization. You remember, the last affair nearly destroyed her. So she decided to confide in her pastor, who immediately confronted Colin privately at his dental office. And of course, Colin adamantly denied having an affair. I have no idea how Leslie knew it was Hazel, but she did. And she told her pastor that. So after her pastor spoke with Colin, he went and paid Hazel a visit. 
She, of course, denied, denied, denied. However, when she was driving the pastor to the church, I guess he'd gotten dropped off at her house. um, She finally admitted that she had been having an emotional affair with Colin. So with an hour of finding this out, the pastor is right back at Leslie's and he tells Leslie the truth. Together, they waited for Colin to come home and they confronted him. Colin apologized and as a punishment, he and Hazel were not allowed to partake in communion at church for a set amount of time. They were relieved of any duties or responsibilities that they had with the church from that point forward. Plus, they were to have no contact with each other and the families had to attend separate services. Like one would attend the morning, one would attend the evening. And if for some reason they ever went to church at the same time, they had assigned seating in opposite corners of the room. Next, the pastor had to go back to the Bichanans and reveal the truth with Hazel to Trevor. And he was crushed. He was crushed. Divorce was not an option in either of the couple's mind, although the church made it really clear that it's totally acceptable for adultery, it still didn't sit right with them. They were going to repair their marriages. This would last for about four months. Leslie coped by taking antidepressants and drinking heavily. She was kind of on a downward spiral. Her life was a wreck and she was so depressed. At this point in time, everyone was under the impression that the affair between Colin and Hazel was strictly emotional, and it still hurt them so deeply. But within a few weeks, Colin actually broke down and confessed to his pastor the affair was a sexual affair as well. Knowing this information would crush Leslie, they made arrangements for someone to watch their four children, and the pastor came to the home and helped Colin tell Leslie the uncomfortable part of the confrontation. Leslie immediately flipped her fucking lid. She was screaming, yelling, arms flying. Um, The pastor actually excused himself out relatively quickly. Then Leslie ended up locking herself in a bathroom and taking as many painkillers or as much paracetamol as she could swallow, which is an acetaminophen, which is the drug found in Tylenol. So she then took off with her husband's car And Colin called the pastor back to come help him deal with Leslie. While the men are at Colin's house, they're trying to think of like where Leslie could be, where she went. But she returns on her own, vents to her pastor for 20 minutes. And then he decides to take her to the accident and emergency department in Coleraine, where she was admitted for three days, probably on a suicide watch. As a former nurse, the whole thing was really embarrassing to Leslie, and she promised that she would never do that again. She would never do that to her children. Following the overdose, she actually went on a campaign to win back her husband. She started a crash diet, lost a bunch of weight, purchased a whole new wardrobe despite their debt, (laughs) started tanning, keeping up with her hair at the hairdresser, and receiving facials regularly. Ow, ow. But as much as Leslie tried to hide her depression, she couldn't. People knew all this change in her was just following the affair. And Leslie was trying to show her husband like, hey, remember me? I'm your hot wife. I do want to mention on a side note that Leslie was the hot one. She was the likable, fun, bubbly one. And people often wondered why she was even with Colin, how he even landed a girl like her. As time went on, things got worse. Like, how could things get worse? This is already a nightmare to be living to me. According to the book, Let This Be Our Secret, Leslie and Colin would have a verbal argument 
at times, and she would often pull out happy photos from the past and tear them up. She would shred up his underwear. If he was on the phone, she'd randomly grab it and see who he was talking to. She even started following him around to see what the hell he was up to. As for Colin, he did stay away from Hazel a whopping four months. He said that they were really hard four months, and it was March of 1991 when he decided to contact her again. They both had birthdays in March, so I'm sure that was his excuse to reach out to her. But whatever, it worked. They quickly rekindled their relationship. Colin later said he had absolutely no control over his home or family and that Leslie just didn't cope well with domestic stress. So he found himself taking on a larger portion of the responsibility because Leslie was just a fucking mess. Six weeks before Leslie died, she rang a few friends and told them something really weird that happened, and it really scared her. She wanted everyone to know just in case something did happen to her. And long story short, Leslie was in the bathtub, and there was either like a tape recorder or radio plugged in next to her. And when Colin came into the bathroom, somehow the cable came out and landed in the bathtub and it shocked Leslie. And as a result, her arm sprang up and somehow the cord followed her like staying on her arm. She didn't come out and say that she thought Colin tried to kill her, but she was really suspicious and just wanted people to know. Plus, Colin made her promise that she wouldn't tell a single soul because he was embarrassed. Years later, Colin admitted that he didn't intend to kill Leslie that day, but it was a bid to show Leslie like, hey, bitch, I am in control. Okay, again, as if things could not get fucking worse for Leslie, her father died unexpectedly May 7th, 1991 of a suspected heart attack at her home. Now, when her dad died, he actually left her a really hefty chunk of money, like 212,000 euros. And with this money, she was finally going to be financially independent and leave Colin, which is exactly what she planned to do. Colin wasn't going to let her, though, because we know he's broke and he needs that money. Leslie, being a fucking wreck, supposedly started taking temazepam, which is a sedative used for insomnia. And on top of this, she was drinking really heavily and would be found in drunken stupors at times. Colin said this is when he knew he wanted Leslie out of his life. But he'd kind of thought or hoped that she might kill herself or even kill herself on accident. He said the reason he was afraid to divorce her was he was afraid that she would get custody of the kids and this couldn't happen because she was far too much of a mess to handle the children. Plus, she would obviously get to walk away with her inheritance that we know Colin needed desperately. It was May 13th, 1991 when Colin had a big aha moment. He decided the best thing to do was to kill Leslie and Trevor. It was 3 a.m. when he decided this. He said, Leslie had been crying all day following her father's funeral, and when she finally fell asleep, he hugged his wife, feeling more love for her than he had in years, thinking of a way he could finally help her, killing her. He immediately sprung out of bed and went to see his lover, Hazel, to tell her the good news. The lovers agreed to find a way to kill their spouses. Only five days later was the plan executed. May 18th, 1991. So Colin and Hazel both crushed up lorazepam, which is a sedative typically used for anxiety, and they put it into both their spouse's food. Colin made sure that Leslie slept on the couch because if she'd gone to their bed, 
none of this would have worked out. She did end up falling asleep on the couch around 11 p.m. That night, Colin had strategically kept the children awake until 10, and he really wore them out. Like, he wore them out. I think it was their two-year-old daughter's birthday. So he had them all use the restroom before bed, and once they were asleep, he used a hockey stick to jam their door shut. Next, he used an extension hose from his regular garden hose and a baby bottle he cut in half. Using surgical gloves, he attached the bottle and the hose to the exhaust pipe of his car. He quietly crept into the house with the hose about 25 paces to the living room. He then went back to the garage and switched his car on. Leslie had a blanket pulled over her head when she fell asleep on the couch, so he just gently placed the hose in her face under the blanket. Next, he stepped into the hallway to maintain a safe distance from the fumes. What he didn't expect was for Leslie to stir and seem like she was possibly going to wake up. The quilt moved a bit, and when it did, Colin panicked and rushed over it and pulled it back over his wife's head which did cause her to stir and wake up slightly. She even cried out for her eldest son, Matthew. The only thing Colin could think of to do was physically restrain his wife, forcing her to inhale the poison. He trapped her arms inside the quilt, held the hose under with one hand, and used the other hand to hold her head down. She was drugged, so she was significantly weaker and more groggy than a person typically would be fighting for their life. When she quit breathing, Colin went into the garage and switched off the car. He then put the hose in his trunk, changed Leslie out of her nightgown and into street clothes before he placed her body in the back of his car, covered her with a sheet, and then put his bike on top of her. Next, he grabbed some family photos and Leslie's Walkman, which he'll use to stage the suicide. He knew he had to quickly get to Hazel's and kill Trevor. That way, the bodies would both go into rigor mortis in a relatively close time frame. He had to be nervous. Trevor was not a feeble drugged woman. He was a fucking police officer. Okay. So he makes it to Hazel's. She opens the garage door and her garage had no light on and he backed into it. Her home was smaller. So he had plenty of slack on his hose to make it to where Trevor was asleep in his bed. And he was going to kill him exactly the same way. First, he tried to just place the hose on a pillow next to Trevor and stood outside. But I think the hose fell. And it kind of caused Trevor to stir and wake up. So when Colin saw Trevor sit up, he just ran in, grabbed the hose, and pulled the bedspread over Trevor before he jumped on top of him. And they had this like really short struggle where Colin hit his head on something in the bedroom. And at one point, both the men were eye to eye with each other and Colin quickly shoved the hose between Trevor's teeth while simultaneously pulling the blanket over his head and trapping his entire arms and body in the blanket until Trevor quit breathing. Colin said he actually became dizzy during both physical attacks from the poisonous gas because of how close he had to hold them with it. Next, Hazel gave Colin an outfit to change Trevor into. Trevor was in his pajamas as well. Trevor was then placed in the car next to Leslie. Hazel had a fire going in the living room and she destroyed all of the evidence, including the hose that she cut up into a bunch of pieces. What's really weird to me is Colin did not have a specific spot in mind and he just sort of drives around through an area that him and Hazel used to meet up for incest. 
And he ultimately decides that he was going to go to Leslie's father's home. It was vacant because her father had just recently passed away. So he backs his car up into the garage and he puts Trevor in the driver's seat, right hand on the steering wheel. Leslie is laid out on her back and is stretched across the full length of the car. Her right arm is stretching towards her head and her left arm is across her stomach. He put her bare feet into a pair of tennis shoes. Okay, bare feet and pair of tennis shoes. That is fucking rude. And he didn't even bother to tie her shoes. Next, he set out three photos that he'd taken from their home. And he used a different hose, though, because remember, he had Hazel destroy the hose he actually used to kill them. And he used a vacuum hose that had been just like lying in the trunk of his car. He placed it over the tailpipe and then a few inches from Leslie's face inside the car window. He then put Leslie's Walkman over her ears and played gospel music. Leslie was known to love to listen to her gospel music on her Walkman. Colin then opened the window, turned on the car, and climbed out, rushing to his bicycle that he had placed on a road nearby and pedaling home. He fucking did it. It was between 5 and 5.30 in the morning when he got home, and his children were still asleep, actually. When he phones Hazel, she assured him that everything on her end was done, too, so they were going to cease contact for a while. Colin had one last trick up his sleeve. In a low state of mind, Leslie had actually written a suicide note that Colin found by accident, and it read, Dear Colin, I'm just trying to go to sleep for now. How long? I don't know. Thank you for your help over the past few days and for the good times in our marriage. I don't know what to say to you because I don't know how I feel. But I seen that life goes on after a few weeks of pain. And let's face it, Colin, I am nothing in comparison to what you lost in the one you loved a while back. If I wake up in the morning, let's this be our secret. Leslie. See, the note was old, and he kept it all this time, not sure why, and he almost didn't use it because it looked old, but he thought, fuck it, cherry on top, I'm using this note. So he waits, and then he starts calling members of the church to report Leslie missing. He specifically asked people to check Leslie's father's home, and they did, but they actually didn't think to check the garage because it was detached. Colin then asked somebody to come over. And his story was that he'd already checked the hospitals and jails. Trevor and him had had some type of minor physical altercation the night before when Trevor and Leslie then decided to drive off together. He said Leslie had the keys to her father's home and he thinks that they must have gone there. He then shows his friend the suicide letter. Then that man decides to go take a second look at Leslie's father's home actually checking the garage this time and he made the discovery of Leslie and Trevor and her father's garage deceased. Everyone was shocked and you know what's crazy is no one ever suspected anything besides suicide and believed that the spouses just couldn't get over the affair. Colin and Hazel waited three years to publicly rekindle their romance so around 1994. They did get back together, but they both said that the sex was never the same after the murders. Hazel actually felt so guilty that she thought if they just quit having sex, no one would ever find out what they did. But Colin wasn't willing to give up sex with Hazel, so he would kind of drug her with her consent, of course, on laughing gas and even injecting her with a volume-like drug. 
to get her horny and wanting to have sex. So this relationship ended up fizzling out in 1996, and shortly after it fizzled out, Colin met his second wife at a singles night the same year, December 1996. They had a whirlwind relationship, okay? So they got engaged by February and were married by March. It was a year into their marriage that he confessed to his now wife, Kyle, that he and Hazel had actually conspired and murdered their spouses. She was feeding their seventh-month-old baby, Eric, and was fucking shocked. I don't know how shocked, though, because they ended up having four more kids and stayed together for years. Hazel also went on with her life, and she married another police officer. But for whatever reason, either Colin's wife's prompting or his own guilt, he ultimately confessed to his church elders about the double homicide in 2010. They, of course, informed police officers, and Colin Howell finally pled guilty to the murder of his wife, Leslie, and his lover, Hazel's husband, Trevor, in 2011. He was sentenced to life in prison with a minimum of 21 years. Hazel did not plead guilty, though. She said she was acting under duress, but was ultimately found guilty as well and sentenced to life in prison with a minimum of 18 years. As if Colin hadn't done enough. Okay, so remember how I told you he had a serious porn addiction and would like jack off all the time? He confessed that between 2004 and 2008, he was groping attractive female patients that he'd heavily sedated due to their anxiety from dental procedures. He actually pled guilty to 12 charges of indecent assault. Sources suggest that the assaults were like lower scaled, which I presume means that maybe there was no penetration or actual rape, more of a fondling and groping, which is still not okay. The charges run concurrent, and upon his release, he will be registered as a sex offender indefinitely. You guys, this crime shocks me because that's not an easy murder to pull off. Um, so the fact that he actually did and then was only with Hazel for a couple years, just, oh, it's sick. And poor Leslie, what a hard life that had to have been. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning into Storytime Podcast, and I will talk to you next week. Bye.